the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. You know, usually I'd have something really pithy to say in the intro, but I'm all out of things to say when it comes to what's going on in the world. So let's just go right into it. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadiumscene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. It has been a ridiculous couple of hours. It has been an even crazier 24 hours. And uh, I think the whole goal of this show is to sort of ease people's concerns, if you have any, and offer you guys a sense of relief when it comes to your day-to-day lives right now. So joining me to do so is the co-host of the Hard Court Honeys podcast and head editor, director of personnel, and hoops department head of Belly Up Sports. I think I got all that. Miss Jay Johnson, how you doing? Hey. Hey. You doing okay? I'm okay. Yeah. Hanging in there. All right. Um, I mean, you mentioned it before we, we jumped on. Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy 24 hours, and it just goes to show how fluid and, you know, how things can fluctuate literally on a dime. So it's... Yeah. Uh, by the time people listen to this, it's probably going... All this information that we're going to give probably won't even be relevant anymore. Yeah, everything will be different. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, that's so that's so Thursday. Um, we should note that <laughs> right. I'm, I'm recording this <laughs> Thursday evening. Uh, you know, we there normally would have been some sort of NBA game going on right now, but um, the NBA... Several. Yeah, several games, right? I looked up... All right, so I checked out my fantasy roster, and like I was hoping they would just be like, you know, NAs for every player. Literally, yeah. no game, no game, no game, no game. I'm like, okay, this yeah. is even Yahoo's on top of this, so crazy. <laughs> um, so look, right now, what we know is the NBA has postponed the season for a minimum of 30 days. I say a minimum of 30 days is because the owners are encouraging Adam Silver to reevaluate the state of, well, the world uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to this 30-day period. Um, So let's just jump right into this. This news was broke last night by Woj. Where were you? What were you doing? How did you feel when you read it? And were you even surprised? Oh, I was definitely surprised. I was surprised at how fast everything went. Um, So as Hoops Department head, my view of the NBA is beyond Raptors, even though the Raptors are my team. Right. So I was watching the Dallas um, Denver game. And so I saw everything happening kind of in real time as they were finding out what was going on at OKC. Mm-hmm. Um, so the game, the, the Denver Dallas game, I feel like must have been first quarter end of first quarter, maybe early second quarter when the news broke that they weren't going to play in OKC, um, where Utah was supposed to be playing last night. And the information trickled in kind of slowly during the broadcast. First it was, oh, they were just about to tip off, and the head doctor for the Utah Jazz sprinted out onto the court, talked to the refs, and then the players left the court, and the refs left the court, and then everyone was told to go home. That happened over probably 20 minutes to half an hour. 
And then through the rest of the Dallas-Denver game, um, they kept getting more and more information. So eventually it was announced that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the coronavirus. And then both the teams were in quarantine in their dressing rooms and they didn't know when they were going to be able to leave or how the Jazz team was going to get home. Um, And then just kind of as the broadcast continued through the Denver game, you saw when Mark Cuban found out what was going on. Right. You knew that the players knew what was going on, but were still playing, which was crazy. <laughs> um, and then there was the other game last night, which was the Pelicans and Kings. I can't remember who else was playing now. Was it the Kings? Yes, yeah. Pelicans and Kings. And so there was confusion there too because one of the officials that was supposed to be on that game was on the Utah Raptors game right? earlier in the week. So they were really confused. Lonzo Ball went out and tried to get some, some shots up and apparently um, he... Um, I'm blanking on his teammate's name right now. Which one? Uh, oh, had that- to go get get him and pull him off and be like, no, like we're really not playing tonight kind oh, of thing. Okay. Was it Ingram? Yeah, Brandon Ingram, yes. Yeah. So that's where I was kind of just watching everything during the game as kind of the NBA people were finding out. I happened to be watching basketball. So I kind of found it that way and everything was going on. All right, um, let's just take a pause right there. We'll be right back after this break. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So, yeah, you watched this pretty much unfold um, visually, which was, um, I mean, it was a sight to see. I, uh, I, I think this is ridiculously unprecedented, and that's like, not even touch, right. that's not even scratching the surface as to how to describe right. this um nothing like this has ever happened at least in recent memory the closest thing that i can relate it to was 911 when uh that, yeah when when the base that's what i was thinking too yeah like it, but it wasn't i mean there was a little bit of uncertainty when it came to it but i, I guess like and i'm not trying to make light of any situations here but you know it was a sort of visible enemy. And I think that's why the, the anxieties are so heightened here is because there is this sort of boogeyman effect that we're dealing with because this, this is an invisible enemy that we have to sort of combat. And the, the number one uh, defense that we have towards this is just like sort of basic hygiene practices that we should have been following anyway. And look, anyways, exactly. Like it, it it baffles me a little bit that people are like, okay, now wash your hands. And I'm like, it's, it's, (laughs) it's surprising that we even have to mention this, but I guess like, obviously you need to put all the, the relevant information out there. Um, but you know, still, I get what you're saying. Cause it's still like, were we not washing our hands before? But I mean, (laughs) clearly people weren't right. Cause we're here. Yeah. And like, when it comes to like touching your face, I get it. Like those are tough habits to break because you know yeah. I I work in an office and so I'm there today and like I I don't I take things way too literally sometimes. That's one of my my biggest flaws here. And I sit at the desk and I have my hand on my chin. I'm like, oh my god, I'm touching my face. And I'm just, 
I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this. And my wife's like, no, 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 calm down. It's just like, don't touch your nose. Don't touch your eyes. Don't touch your mouth. Yeah. And I'm like, but it's still my face. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> and, and this is the sense of paranoia that we're sort of dealing with is because there's so much information out there, whether it be like a little exaggerated information or ridiculously precise information. But the, the, the fact is, we just don't know what we're yeah, dealing with here. There's a lot we don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's complicated in that you have to, it's hard to find a balance when, when you're dealing with the public in general, where yes, it's serious, but there's also no need to freak out. Right. Like there's, there's a line in there and it, I, I feel like it's a fairly narrow line between we don't need to panic, but this isn't like nothing either. Right. Yes. That's, that's ridiculously impulsive, um, important, uh, because the yeah. impulsive nature of people when they hear like, uh, uh, again, this boogeyman effect is mm -hmm. okay. I got to go like read CVS or whatever for hand sanitizer. <laughs> okay. I got to get all these Clorox wipes. Like, yes, you should be getting that, but like, yeah. this is an Armageddon, right? Like we shouldn't be no. stocking up. Like, make sure this stuff is available for other individuals. That, that to me is the most important yeah. thing here. For sure. And even like the overreaction. So we, of course, being part of a sports company and the fact that it's, it's affecting every sport now, uh, since last night, pretty much everybody's canceled everything. March Madness is canceled. NHL's canceled. Um, XFL Detroit <laughs> is going ahead with some things, which sounds crazy. Some wrestling things, uh, monster jam got canceled. So like within my company's Slack chat, we've been talking about this all day, but the, also even within there, without mentioning any names, I see the overreaction of people like, Oh, go. I, I hate Gobert. If he, I was his teammate and he should be kicked out of the NBA and all of this stuff. And it's just like, well, no, that's not really a reasonable reaction either especially when you know things that i know so before we started i was mentioning that my mom is very medically minded mm -hmm. um she's a pharmacy assistant but probably would have been a doctor in another life so she's always done her own research and been aware of things and understood things and of course she has no interest in panic panicking me so it's not like when the media gets on it and it's this sensationalized information. It's very matter of fact, you need to know this because I care about you. And she started talking to me about this about a month ago. And she's like, had you heard, did you hear about the coronavirus? I'm like, no, what's that? She's like, have you been living under a rock? I'm like, I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she started explaining, like she told me what masks to get if it comes to that. And all this stuff. So the things that she, she, I talked to her last night once uh, you and I decided we were going to record mm -hmm. tonight instead of on Sunday and said, look, I'm doing this recording because the NBA got canceled. What kind of things should I, you know, what should I know? So she sent me some articles and stuff. And a few of the important things to realize, especially when you're going to start throwing blame around. Right. Um, according to a new study by Johns Hopkins within the last couple of days, it takes anywhere between five and 12 days to show symptoms when you have coronavirus. Oh yeah. So for somebody like a lot of people at my work were saying, Oh, well, if you don't feel well, stay home. 
well, you're sick for days before you don't feel well. So yeah. that's not really going to solve the problem. It's too late. It's too late by then. And that's true of any kind of sickness that we get. That That's something that most people don't really know. Even if you just get a regular cold or a regular flu, by the time you feel symptoms, you've been sick for days already. You've, right. you're, you've been contagious. You've probably passed it to whoever you're going to pass it to by the time you feel sick. So that's why the hand washing and stuff like that is so important because you're not going to know until it's too late to avoid getting your family and your kids and your coworkers and everyone else sick. Um, the other thing is it lives, it can live for anywhere from three hours to three days on surfaces, <laughs> depending on the type of surface, humidity, temperature, all kinds of different variables. So again, like just avoiding going out or, or being in large crowds, I should say, even though that's an important step, if you are out in public, even in not, not in small crowds, if someone's been through and touched something and left it there, there's a good chance you're going to come in contact with it anyways. So again, basic hygiene of hand washing is really your best bet. Right. Um, if you're going to hope to kind of avoid it. And the other thing to keep in mind is that it's not... Part of the reaction we're seeing is precautionary. It's not because a whole bunch of people are going to die of this tomorrow. Right, right. It's because they're trying to contain it, right? Because once upon a time, we didn't understand how these kinds of things work. So when it came to the pox epidemics, the measles, the Spanish flu, all that stuff many, many years ago, they didn't understand how to stop it. And that's why it spread so quickly through so many people and killed so many people. A long time ago because we know more about things than we did then that's why these reactions are happening to avoid it becoming something we really need to worry about before what, it gets there what's crazy about this in comparison to um you know all those pandemics that you just listed is that that was during a time where the the access to travel wasn't nearly what it is today mm -hmm. You know, and yep. that being said, like this is sort of amplified tenfold more than anything we've seen. And I, th I, I look, I rewinding it back to Gobert, I do think that, you know, a lot of people, they also want to scapegoat when it comes to this. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, yeah. I remember reading an article on Sports Illustrated literally, and this is why I say it changes hour to hour. Um, five mm -hmm. hours before, approximately five hours. I, I, I know this because I was eating dinner. Um, or I want to say like around four thirty, five o'clock when I read this article. It's Sports Illustrated and it was this uh, opinion piece saying that the NBA should do the right thing and just call off the season. Um, the risk mm -hmm. is just too high when it comes to spectators watching. Even if you do an empty arena, there is still uh, other ripple effects that you know, you can't protect the players at, at, to a degree that they ought to be protected, I guess the article was saying. And on Twitter, right. the, the vitriol that this writer received was, you know, yeah. I, I guess in hindsight, it was a little intense. But like, even at the time, I was like, my God, guys, like, I love the NBA, too. But like, let's put everything <laughs> out on the table. <laughs> right. Put it in perspective. Like, this is bigger than. It's still a game. Basketball is still a game. Yeah. And I love it as much as the next person. Like, goodness knows I'm going to have withdrawal in a day or two. <laughs> yes. But 
there's there's perspective that has to be considered over it, right? And like even in even with the fact that the players in the NBA are young and in peak health, good chance this is gonna be a cold for them, really. Right. And they have access to the best medical care. But like you said, there's a ripple effect. There's support staff and their families that they exactly. go home to. And it just goes, it it's it snowballs into a much bigger thing than the 300 some odd guys who actually suit up for those teams. Right, right. And that's that's what I was saying to, to my coworkers today. It's it's not just the players. And that's the the disappointing response that I saw a lot of on Twitter was like, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't even feel that bad. It feels like the flu. It feels like a common cold. Look, that might be true for certain individuals, right? Individuals mm-hmm. that aren't immunocompromised and individuals that right. aren't elderly, like that, that might be true. Okay. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm downplaying the severity of how contagious this is and the rate of contagiousness that is, uh, that this operates on. And the fact that, you know, you have players like Gobert that said, I feel fine. And even Donovan Mitchell, who was diagnosed as positive with it today, he said, yeah. I did, I don't even have symptoms, which it speaks more towards what you were saying about, you know, the, um, the incubation period of it being like yeah. you're asymptomatic. And that's when it's, I guess, most contagious from what I'm reading right now. Right. And uh, some, some people will always be asymptomatic, right? Some people will never have symptoms and still be carrying it. Right, right. right? And, so that's the other thing with, oh, go bear, blah, blah, blah. Donovan Mitchell could have had it first for all we know. True. Yeah, yeah. That, Other people on the team could have it and not be showing symptoms. There is no, when you're diagnosed with it, there's no timetable to say how long you had it. And so, like, when it, no. com- when it comes to Gobert, am I, am I going to rip him as an individual? No. Was it, was it, mm-hmm. was the thing that he said sort of like, I can say things in jest about his ignorance to the subject and, you know, how karma pretty much bit him in the ass about this. Sure, I could do all that, but, like, what what does that do, right? I, I don't necessarily need him suspended for this. I'm sure he feels, no. you know, worse enough about this. And, and he, I'm sure he feels like a complete ass right now. Yeah, yeah, he's the villain. As it is. And that was one of the things I said to to somebody in my work, like, like these guys are are they're a family. Like they're, like I said, 300 some odd people that are the only people on the planet that do what they do. Right. They're a tight knit group. Even if when there is beef and whatever between players and teams and whatever, at the end of the day, there's no NBA player that is excited to be having something like this and the possibility of passing it on to their colleagues, just like the rest of us. Right. So like the idea that he should be crucified for it, like, yeah, he's, did and said some bonehead stuff. We all saw the video by now, I'm sure. Also, how old is Rudy Gobert? Twenty something. He's young. Yeah, yeah. Like twenty something boys are idiots, anyways. I want to say he's 27 <laughs> right now. I could be wrong about that, but I, I remember looking at you know projecting later on for free agency. <laughs> That's why I was. Yeah. Uh, but no, like yeah, he can he can say some bonehead things. Like I I certainly know that when I was 27, I probably wasn't the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm not right now. So like, I definitely, when I was 27, I definitely wasn't. So, you know, it's just for me, look, I understand like it, it sucks that the NBA is gone for now. And, you know, all those other, you know, sports entities that you listed are gone as well for now. But there comes a time when you have to evaluate what your response on this and say, when do mm-hmm. you say to yourself, 
like I'm just being a child because they took my precious basketball away. Like this is a little bit more serious exactly. than, than the value of your entertainment. That's it. That's all this is. It's entertainment. Yeah. And look, I love it. I do a podcast about it weekly. You do too. This is something yeah. that like I'm passionate about, but at the same time, like there's no way I'm more passionate about basketball than I am like the intrinsic value of someone's life. Right. And that's what exactly. we're dealing with here. Right. And you can say all you want about Gobert, like, oh, it's just going to be a cold. But Jade, you nailed it. Like saying, sure, but the personnel, like, I don't know what their medical staff, the age of their medical staff. I don't know if yep. the, these people's medical staff, like, take care of their elderly, sick mother and bring it home. Or I don't not know. Even, even beyond being elderly, like, any kind of pre existing condition you have, like, for instance, me, I have fibromyalgia chronic fatigue syndrome, and I'm borderline diabetic. There you go. Yeah. All of those things affect it. And if you, for you to look at me, like if you passed me on the street, I was at the grocery store today, you couldn't look at me and know that I, I deal with those things. But all of those things, were I to get this, heaven forbid, make me more compromised than any of the basketball players would be. Right. And I, if you have asthma, you're medically immunocompromised. If you have high yep. blood pressure, you're medically immunocompromised. Like these aren't just like immunocompromised conditions, just like cancer or something like that. God forbid anybody has that. No. But like you could have a much quote unquote less severe in terms of the total poem of me total poll of medical conditions and still be immunocompromised. And this can still affect you terribly. Like so in here in Rhode Island, someone the first person got diagnosed, he finally recovered. Finally recovered, right? Mm -hmm. And he got diagnosed in mid-February. This guy has asthma. Wow. They were literally, he, the, you can find it on the Providence Journal. If you guys want to, you know, investigate Rhode Island life, go to the Providence Journal. It's the front headline. The guy said, I, I was struggling hour to hour to breathe. I was yeah. read my last rites by a priest because I thought I was going to die. And he had asthma. Wow. Yeah, this is serious. And like, I'm not trying to scare people. I know I said I wanted to be something of relief but i i only say this to exemplify there are things bigger than basketball right now and that is someone's life yeah absolutely all right uh let's um let's pause right here and take another break when we come back i kind of want to tie this to the raptors obviously so let's pause it right here we'll be right back after these messages hang tight this is the overtime podcast network <laughs> All right, so the reason why the Raptors are so intertwined with this is obviously they had a game against the Utah Jazz on Monday night, the second night of the back-to-back. -back. It was a great win, and normally, Jade, we'd be talking about it. We'd be talking about yeah. this win. <laughs> but unfortunately, we got to talk about the fact that now, all every single member of the Raptors is now being self-quarantined. And I'm sure it extends yep. further than that, and they're getting tested. Um... We do, again, we don't know when Rudy Gobert contracted this. We don't know uh, how long he's had it. He's been asymptomatic. He said on Monday he felt fine. So um, I don't know. It, it's kind of weird that the Raptors are held in, right in the middle of this. And moreover, from my understanding, there were two public charity events or two public events with the Raptors, half and half mm -hmm. of the Raptors in tow, um, one at some sort of concert thing I, I know i'm speaking loosely with nick nurse and another sponsored by yep. norman powell with the bowling event this was open to yep. the public 
I don't know what kind yeah. of, uh, you know, good hygiene practices they were utilizing. I don't know if they've washed hands. I'm sure <laughs> they've shook other people's hands. I don't know. But uh, talk to me. Is this something that is sort of reverberating around the, the, the Raptors community right now? Uh, I think for those who are a bit on, on the ball, it has to be. Like when I was talking to my mom about it last night, uh, my parents are also Raptors fans. Right. So that was one of the things after we talked about that stuff, she's like, didn't Ananobi get pretty tangled up with, with Gobert on in the game Monday night? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, he did. And then of course the rest of the team and um, yeah, it, it's it, like you said, it's hard to know. We don't know when he contracted it, but based on the information that I've seen when I was preparing, there's a good chance he had it already when the Raptors played Utah. Mm. Well, um, the reason why I bring this up is because like there were, I hate, again, I hate to say things in jest, but it probably doesn't matter because of the the amount of bodily fluids that sweat and whatnot. Like these things happen. Like I'm sure when OG and Rudy were like jabbing at each other in terms of verbally, I don't know the proximity in which you can catch this person to person. I don't know. They're encouraging three to six feet away from people. They were definitely closer than that, especially when you have to defend. Oh, for sure. Um, I guess the blessing in disguise is that he got ejected. So there wasn't no, any sort of dapping at the end of the game. But I think at that point, <laughs> it, the damage has been done. Um, yeah. But it makes you wonder like right now, like it, this is, this is huge because if I'm, say, OG Ananobi, if I'm Serge Ibaka, who like, did a decent job defending Gobert, I'm kind of shaking in my boots. And last I heard, they were tested. And this was last night. Blake Murphy reported this. Mm -hmm. I have still yet to see a report of good news, or rather results. So I guess my question to you, like, yeah. having this, this information from your mom and stuff, is no news good news? No news is no news. Okay. So even in Gobert's case, um, they found out right before tip-off, but it took two or three days. Like, he was tested two or three days ago. Okay, wow. For them to find out right before tip-off last night. So no news right now is just no news. Okay, still a um, it's, it takes It takes time. Then... How was, and this isn't to challenge what you said, I'm just genuinely curious, how did the remainder of, of the team get tested so quickly, or was this sort of preventative and they were actually tested before it was reported? That would be my speculation. I can't say for sure, um, but that would be my guess is that they were all tested near the same time. Okay. Um, and the team was aware of it um, before before the game when the players were all out on the court. Um, oh, I'm going to do it again. My brain refuses to keep Chris Paul <laughs> and Paul George straight, no matter how many times I talk about them or think about them. So whichever one of those guys is on the Thunder. Chris Paul. Thank you. <laughs> the one that's actually playing well right now, Chris Paul. <laughs> right. Um, so he went over to the jazz bench mm -hmm. to try and to be like, what's what's going on kind of thing. And they told him to stay away from them. 
So my guess would be that they, Gobert maybe was tested first because he felt it first. Right. But, and in terms of like, I have great respect for the medical people that work in the NBA. My assumption would be that whoever was responsible for that would just test everybody right away if they're worth their salt at all. Right. Yeah, you have to. Like literally everybody yeah. within the vicinity, you have to. I mean, they're on they're on close confines all the time, practice, locker room, planes, like if you suspect it for one, you really got to just take a step and test everybody. You have to. And it's like think about like rewinding it back to like the paranoia of touching your face. And I know I said it in jest and mm-hmm. whatnot, but you know, on a more serious note, like think about how like the weird uh personal tendencies of NBA mm-hmm. players. Like I look no further than Serge Ibaka. Oh, yeah. You know, kissing the ball after every free mm-hmm. throw, you know, that when he's underneath the basket. Like things like that are they're worrisome. And even like think about how often Gobert would like touch his locker or or touch the railing going to the locker and someone else touching yeah. that same railing and then like, oh I got an itch in my nose or in my eye. Like super like subconsciously. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about it. And you do it. Like this right? is it's, it- Good. Yeah, it's such a natural, like, it's part of life. We touch things. Yeah. yeah. And, but for something like this, you never, you never have to think about it. It's just, it's an intrinsic part of being human. Right, right. And so I guess, I guess the question that I lead to with that is, you know, obviously we know that the NBA is suspending itself for at least 30 days. And obviously, mm-hmm. right now, the, the owners, like, say what you want. Like, I'm sure they, they care about their personnel and they care about the, the, the well-being of everyone around them. But obviously, the bottom line is money. Let's not make any bones yeah. about it. Um, yeah. Do you see a situation in which the season's going to be restored? Like, genuinely, do you think this is going to happen? I've been thinking about this all day, and I keep kind of going back and forth. Um, I, 30 days feels like a long time on the surface, but knowing what I know about how long it can take to present, how long it can live on surfaces in that context, 30 days kind of feels like the minimum you could do, Mm. which puts us into mid April when usually we'd be finishing up the season and looking to start the playoffs. So then the question becomes, okay, let's say hypothetically the season starts again in 30 days. Are we just going to take the standings as they are and go into the playoffs? Are we going to try and finish the season? And then we're playing into however long it is. Basically, there's going to be no off season if they do it that way. Plus whether or not the Olympics happen or not. That too. Yeah. So I don't know. It's one of those things. I think. I don't think they can leave the season hanging like this. I, I don't think that's a precedent that they would want to set. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if when, if and when they decide that they can resume games, first of all, I would see them doing it with no fans, which is what they were going to do before last night. Right. That was the expected announcement today was that they were going to go ahead with games without fans. Um, some of our favorite bonehead front offices were like, oh, no, we should just keep playing with fans until 
the government tells us not to. Hi, New York Knicks. Yeah, I couldn't have been Dolan. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, in, in their defense, which I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but in Dolan's defense, apparently Houston and Indiana also felt that way. Correct, yeah. yeah. Um, the majority of the teams wanted to play in empty arenas, mm. um, which was also going to be a thing because LeBron James has already said, oh, I'm not going to play if there's no fans, which I always knew he was pretty self-involved, but good grief. Um. And so that's what I would, ex- that's kind of what I would expect because I expect that a community like the NBA is going to have this under control within its kind of circles before the public at large. It definitely seems to so, me, yeah, that the NBA is setting the standard, right? And, and yeah. they were the first to move. They were the first to react. And I think this was, it, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think a, um, a, a professional soccer player was contracted or rather diagnosed with, with COVID-19 before the announcement that Rudy Gobert was. So I, I don't know what the, was that, is that correct or do you know? I don't, I'm not positive on the timeline. I do know that if that's true, they still went ahead with games with no spectators. Correct. Yeah. Right. Right. And. So if if they're going to be if they were the first to react, I, I would suspect that other major league sports that are active will follow suit. Now, the like you mentioned, the jump of the show, NCAA March Madness is completely canceled. That's not even coming back. The XFL is no. completely canceled. That's not back for um, the season. Yep, that's done. The- major League Baseball has delayed spring training. They've said for two weeks as of today. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's underreacting maybe a little bit but on the other hand you don't have the same closeness with fans in baseball that you do in basketball correct and they so also i guess said, maybe they're weighing that out yeah they also said they were going to push the regular season two weeks as well yeah so i don't um, know if that's in conjunction with spring training it certainly could be on the same timeline like if you push spring training then you're inevitably going to push they're going to push the season right yeah um, um nfl fortunately doesn't have a ton going on but they are looking at adjusting things for their draft right that's coming up right um i think those are the major and hockey i think is suspended nhl as well yeah but it's just hockey. anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> so this is this is sort of a um I don't like to get into conspiracies because a lot of this can get conspiratorial when it comes to what's going on. But there oh is gosh, some... if you spend any time on Twitter, you know that's already <laughs> happening. Uh, <sighs> we if you if you do a little investigation into team ownerships and meeting, this is actually true. This is this is documented. Um, I want to say it's the owner of the Atlanta Hawks was discussing ways that the NBA can maximize their viewership and their ratings. And again, it's all about the money and I get it. It's a business. Um, so mm-hmm. the proposal was to put, and this is before any of this COVID-19 uh, business happened. The proposal was to push the regular season and start it actually around Christmas. And I, and that's yeah. the suggestion was made because it's really difficult in terms of like the American uh, marketplace to compete with the NFL, especially during its peak. Yeah, it is. Uh, right. So, <laughs> So they suggested, look, well, let's just push it to December. Um, the beginning half of the NBA doesn't really, obviously the first couple of games, but in that first month or two, 
the interest isn't nearly as high anyway. So if we do this, not only can we not compete with the beginning of the NFL, but also we can pretty much go competitionless into the summer. And I say that like you you think, oh, there's baseball, but really? Really? Are we gonna like say baseball? I don't like I don't feel like baseball fans and basketball fans overlap that much. Like my dad loves sports in general. So he he watches whatever's on kind Mm. of thing, which is why I got into basketball. Me and each of my siblings had a sport we watched with my dad. Right. Mine was basketball. My brother had hockey. My sister had baseball. Okay. But like most basketball fans I know can take and mostly leave baseball. They're just such different. They have such different tones, such different speeds, different strategies. Like, I don't feel like they overlap a ton to the point where I think that's probably a pretty good point. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it would look, there is some cross pollination when it comes to obviously you didn't totally eliminate it. There is some cross pollination Mm -hmm. when it comes to interest, uh, basketball and baseball. I fall into that category. I obviously am way more excited when it comes to the basketball season. Baseball season, I kind of like to have it in the background when I cook on the grill. That's just the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but and a lot I, of baseball is played a lot earlier in the day than basketball games, too. True, true. And it, especially on a weekend on a summer day, it's just good background noise. Um, but yeah. if, if you have that into the summer, not only will this sort of make NBA king of that time, because think about it, if it goes into August, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing there to really, nothing, nothing. It's just baseball. And if you're not a fan of baseball and you regard it as boring, the ripple benefit of this was, it could be, well, maybe this will force baseball's hand to get better, right? There's a lot of things that you can weigh in here to make it a little bit more positive. But if this is to go into say August, like like they're into like Mark Cuban suggested, like he could see games Mm -hmm. and playoffs and the finals going into August. Let's pause there and start the regular season in December, like push everything and that be the precedent. Like that happens from now on. I don't necessarily think that's the thing. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad idea. Like think about it. Christmas day games are so highlighted, right? Christmas day is like the thing. Imagine if that was opening night. Dang. Right. Yeah. I could, I could totally see that working. Just a thought. I mean, I mean like, why try and compete? Why try and compete where there's a space where nobody already is? Like that's business one hundred and one. Right, right. The um, the, the analogy he made is if the uh, if the boogeyman is at the front door, why not just sneak to the back? Like, and that's what you do. Like, make make it a, a, yeah. to to your advantage and just sneak out the back. Make it start in December. Yes, you're dealing with NFL playoffs. But again, this is the beginning of the NBA season where interest hasn't ramped up to a T minus opening night, right? So the only the only thing that's going to come into play with that, which is already a bit of an issue, is when we get FIBA and Olympic basketball. Right, right, right. They're going to have to. And I mean, in fairness, like we had this conversation a lot with FIBA this year because not a lot of NBA players can be bothered because the way they set it up is frankly crap Mm. so that is something that they're gonna have to deal with but like in my opinion the international basketball should be following the nba's lead because oh they have we're the game yeah they have to yeah inevitably they're gonna have to and i also read that the head of the olympic committee uh, committee said that um 
the only rule when it comes to the Olympics is that it has to be played in the year, not necessarily the season. Ah, right. So, so there's no, there's nothing preventing that. Nothing. They could move it into November if they wanted to. So let me make sure I understand you correctly. Could they move just the basketball? I don't think so. I think it has to be the entire event. They would still have to move everything. See, because now you're getting into an either like that's a lot of people that's affected. Yes. Once you get outside of basketball. Right. Yeah. Which is it's probably better off. And like at that point, you can weigh out the options as, as to what to do. Um, the closest comparison I have to it is the um, the World Baseball Classic, and it does affect the beginning of the baseball season. So some players aren't mm-hmm. there. Um, or if they're yep. there, they're they're already worn down. So I don't know. Obviously, there's going to be some sort of overlap if they if the NBA does push the season, and there obviously is a Summer Olympic there. I, maybe they can just go back to the original rules of only amateurs playing. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Like there's got to be. That's what I was way. thinking too. Because as it is, the the NBA players are not super interested. No. At, at, like as a whole, there. I mean, there are some that are pretty patriotic and and want to be there. Mark Gasol, of course, for us. Mm. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is very into playing for his country. There, there's a handful, but as a group, like they're pretty indifferent these days to, to Olympic and international basketball tournaments. Right. And, you know, at that point, if they're still getting like fat contracts, like, what, what do they care if they're playing the I, I, that's the thing. I can't even blame them for not wanting to deal with it. Like, right. Right. Especially like FIBA last year. It's not even like they got to go to fly to one city and they stayed there for the whole thing. It was in several different countries. Right. Yeah. Out in in that part of the world. So it was like, why after they've already played a year, a season of basketball in Mark Gasol's case into June. Yeah. (laughs) That they got paid for. Are they going to want to do a, an uh, an event that is so poorly organized and put together and without any real consciousness of, okay, these guys have already played 82 plus games, 100 games this season. We need to make this easier if we want to draw those guys to play here. Yeah, if you think about it, Gasol got what, like two, three weeks off total in terms of like training yeah. and, and that's why he looked so old at the beginning yeah. of the season. Yeah, yeah. So like if that's the case, like yes, if you leave it up to the individual, I, I do think a lot of them will be like, no, strong pass. But you will have those yeah. like patriotic individuals like look at JV. You can tell he loves playing for yeah. Lithuania. Um you yeah, might absolutely. have that. So if you force their hand and say no, just amateurs. It might just be for the greater good, you know, like yeah. in terms of keeping their 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 health up to par and and not getting well. Fatigued. And it takes away some of the controversy too, because it's always this big, oh, you don't want to go play for your country, blah 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 right. blah blah. And like a lot of people don't think about that. I think the way you and I do, where it's like, yeah, why would they? Right. <laughs> like, really, at the end of the day, sure, patriotism. I personally am not a particularly patriotic same person um so for me it's just kind of like like yeah i follow all the rules of my country i pay my taxes etc etc but like telling me you can go and do this for your country is not going to be a motivating factor in my life it's just not going to be and i'm at peace with that 
Yeah, and it's like you also have to weigh out for these individuals. These are professional athletes that like depend on the the strength and the upkeep of their mm -hmm. body. Like their body is literally their job. And if this is an event that they're not getting paid for, if God forbid something happens, that could have serious ramifications for their future. Mm -hmm. Like serious. Imagine someone in a contract year tears his ACL in Olympic oh my games. Gosh. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. That is. And even just for that, just because, you know, no matter how hard they appear to be playing somewhere in their minds, they're aware of that. Yes. You are not getting your best basketball in Olympics out of NBA players. Now, it's kind of like a glorified all-star game, honestly. Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Um, let's pause it right here for our last break. When we come back, I want to talk about how this may affect the playoffs and the seating aspect. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Um, bringing it back to all this, though, I do think there are going to be uh, some some pretty heavy ramifications when it comes to this, because, you know, when it comes to the virus itself, like, yes, we can have like a two week period or a 30 day period to really examine this. But think about it, like in two weeks, right, if if what you said is true, and I have no doubt that it, that it is, I have no reason to doubt it, especially from the source. If you could have like a five to say 12 to 14 day like incubation period that you don't even show symptoms and act that say 14th day you're starting to sh show symptoms of this disease mm -hmm. now you have another two weeks just to recover what if those yep. individuals are players at that point like that is a total of four weeks are you going to play it right at that 14th day like it to me it's That's just yeah it's too sharp at that point like it, it might be in their best interest to sort of delay this maybe until I don't know, May or June, and then just start the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like as they're seated right yeah. now, start the playoffs. Yeah, I don't like I don't see I mean I I have great respect for Adam Silver. I think he's brilliant right. most of the time. We won't get into that. That's another episode. Sure. Um <laughs> but uh like I have no doubt that what he and whoever he's relying on will come up with something. If it's not just to play the playoffs as they're seated now, I can't think of what else they feasibly could do except to just have the season left hanging and be like the forgotten season right. <laughs> and start over fresh. Like, I feel like those are really the only two options. I don't think it's feasible to try and play out the rest of the games for the season. Well, when you look at the the seeding aspect, like if they were to just the jump start the playoffs, I'm looking at the Eastern mm -hmm. Conference, like uh, between eight and nine, the Wizards aren't catching up to the Magic anyway. Right? No, and then you have like the in between the the four to eight, like not even like four to six, it's it's kind of close, and then seven and eight, it's close, but it's to me that's nothing to sort of complain about. Just if you play it out like there, I, I'm pretty sure if not this exactly something like that, it would finish out like that anyway. So to start yeah. the playoffs right there, it's really not a big deal. And you look at the Western Conference from seven to eight, there's a seven game jump. So it's not like the Grizzlies were going to fall to seventh, but the no. Trailblazers were three and a half games be behind the Grizzlies. I still say, eh, eh, just give it to the Grizz. <laughs> like, That's what I say too. Like the Trailblazers should be better than being playing catch up to the Grizzlies anyways. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, just start the playoffs and you can even shorten it. You can even go back to like old school, have the first round be a, a five game series. 
Like just sort of yeah. expedite the process. Like why not? It would kind of suck for those that like close games, like you could seriously have some upsets, but still like, you never know. Like maybe that would add to the excitement of it. I don't know. I was going to say that would be pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's not I'm, ideal, but it's not all like doom and gloom either. Like there's, there's some upsides to maybe having to change the format up a bit for to finish out the season. Yeah. And if, the, if they don't decide to do the playoffs and if they, you know, are trying to finesse this in a way, I say just call it off and, you know, th- it's unfortunate that would suck, but there are sort of benefits. It gives everyone time to rest. It gives everyone time to sort of like, for lack of a better way to put this, quarantine themselves, especially because other teams are going through this, not just the Raptors, the Jazz and OKC. You have teams like Celtics that are now quarantined because they, they played the, the Jazz a couple nights before and you said he might well, have had it before. Yeah, and I was thinking about that too, because like so far, oh, oh, the only thing I've seen people talk about is who played the Jazz, right? But who did all those teams play? Right, the Raptors played the Kings since then, and a couple of other teams. Like the six degrees of separation thing is real, because if anybody on any of those other teams come up with it, you now have to go to all the teams they played in the last two weeks, and, and on and on and on. So, like, I think that's the thing that probably adam silver has thought about that led him to go 30 days that's it yeah that maybe other people aren't considering is that it wasn't just those five teams or six teams on that list that utah has played it's also all the teams that those teams have played which i feel like has to be almost all of the nba once you stretch it out that the referees like if say referees, if, yeah like espn analysts that were at one game that spoke to certain players that may or may not have been infected at mm-hmm. that point went to speak to another team i don't know like i don't know how far this stretches it's impossible to know right now and that again like yeah. not to br- raise people's anxieties but like this is why we got to be diligent about it and the smart thing right. may be in terms of a public health thing is to kind of call it off and again that sucks it really does suck but when it comes to the value of a human life and like those associated with it, this may be the smartest thing. And this, this sort of rings back to, uh, say, the 1994 baseball strike. Yeah, that's more of a political thing, and it was sort of preventable. And this is a matter mm-hmm. of public health. Like, think about it. Like, yeah. they, they called off the 1994 MLB season, which at the time, baseball was wildly popular. Probably more popular, yeah. if not just as popular as the NBA is today. Right. So they called it off. No World Series, no playoffs. They just reset in 1995 because of something that was preventable. This is not preventable. It's it's manageable. It's manageable. It's It's just not preventable. So like at that point, you you have to call it off, I think, unfortunately. And and that's another point to people. So like I was talking to somebody, a friend of mine about this last night, and he's like, oh, the media is just blowing it way out of proportion. I was like, yeah, because greedy corporations give up millions of dollars willingly (laughs) for nothing all the time. Right. Like that's it. That's it's just not reasonable at this point to say this is about the media making too big a deal of it. Like these people, Adam Silver is not getting his information from the media. Adam Silver is getting his information from the best doctors in the world, right? Right. On what to do and how to move forward. So, like again, that balance between they're not doing this because it's time to panic. This is not World War Z. No. No, but it's also not nothing. There's they're doing this so that it doesn't get to the point where panic is necessary. And 
it is, it isn't, a, it's not a thing that's affecting everybody. Like most pandemics like this, people who are compromised, like we said, and older people are going to be more at risk. So it's not like, it's not the kind of thing that just takes out everybody indiscriminately. Right. But we have to stop it from spreading. We can't let it get out of control. And that's what this is about. This isn't about the world is ending. It's about let's make sure the world doesn't end. Right. This isn't the bubonic plague. Like this isn't something no. that's just like snatching up bodies. And, you know, thankfully I have a daughter. Thankfully, knock on desk right now. And I, I don't want to jinx anything. Please, karma, be on my side on this. But um, it's not affecting children nearly as bad. Like it seems no. like in terms of the data that has been given, the younger you are, the less susceptible you are to this, which, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take this over. I also daughter. read that. Yeah. And that is one of the main differences between this and other types of cold. So like what a lot of people don't know is this virus, coronavirus is the common cold as part of that family. Yes. Yes. Um, and that was one of the things I read when I was preparing was that one of the main differences is that kids that are getting it are getting it from adults instead of the other way around. Mm. Usually adults get sick because their kids bring stuff home from school. Right. Right. So that's actually good news in terms of controlling it because adults have the, the ability to control themselves and their hand washing and their hygiene and be aware of things better than kids do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the amount of times my one-year-old puts her hands in her mouth is is frightening. But you know, like <laughs> it's just it's just what she does, and like I'm it's not what babies do. Yeah, and you know, it's not it's not something that like I'm I'm freaking out about because, like I said, the youngest case that, as far as I know, in the United States right now is a seven-year-old girl from the Bronx that has already. Yeah, rebounded. that's what I read as well. Yeah, she's rebounded yeah. already. She was quarantined, so I think she still is under quarantine, but she's fine now. And the symptoms were so minor that she was surprised she even had it. So the yeah. fact that like children are, aren't really susceptible to this is encouraging at least like hopefully any other parents that are listening that that's encouraging for you too. But you know, more to your point about like trying to prevent this, the, the terminology that I have been seeing is sort of flatten the curve. That's what they want to do. They don't want to wipe this out mm -hmm. because it's, it's nearly impossible. You just want to flatten the curve. In other words, you want to flatten or shorten the rate of, of um, spreading and you know, no yeah. disrespect to anybody listening to, in Italy. I, I know I have some listeners in Italy listening. No disrespect, but like, obviously you don't want a situation like that anywhere. Like, and, and I hope no. that that gets way better. But like that right now is like, not, I wouldn't say it's obviously not World War Z, but it, that is where it is the worst in terms of a first world country. It's big. Yeah, it, it's, right. it, it's bad. And that, that has to do with the median age of... The population. Right. Right. There's what I, I read that last night in, I can't remember which, it was reputable. Um, but like, yeah, because it is hitting, like you said, it's hitting older people harder. Italy's median age is a lot higher than the rest of the first world countries. And therefore, just that's how the numbers work out. Um, but when you say flatten the curve for people who think about things visually, like that comes from a visual graph where right. you're looking at the instances of infection going up and up and up. And so that curve is steep, right? So what they're trying to do in limiting, like New York city has banned gatherings over 500 people um, 
Ohio has shut down their schools. Um, all that stuff is just about keeping that that graph line from continuing to grow steeply and having it level out because because this is a common cold related virus. Like it's not going to be as easy to get rid of as measles or smallpox or all of those things that are very specific Mm. viruses, cold viruses. Like every time you've had a cold in your life, you've had a different coronavirus. Yeah. You don't get the same virus twice. You don't get the same one twice. This particular one is worse. It's brand new. It's more contagious. It's more, um, the mortality rate is higher, but it's still, if you've had a common cold, you've had something related to this in your life and that's everybody. Right. Right. And you know, like you more so, uh, to your point about the graph, like you can, I, I see some people try to like flip the narrative around that when they say, well, yeah, the, the curve is heightened, but it's heightened for a short period of time. You don't want that. Like you kind of want it like flattened and spread out, right? So instead of going all yeah. the way up to the hundredth line, you kind of want to keep it down to the thirty. This way, it's not a matter of public health, right? And because right. we we have a finite amount of supplies and and resources right now, and this is in America mm-hmm. and and in Canada, I'm sure anywhere really, any any sort of uh, country that's dealing with this, you have a finite amount of resources. You don't want like thousands upon thousands of people going into the hospital at the same time because now you're in a, in a situation yeah. where you're dealing with it like Italy like it, it breaks my heart they are it, it's like they're evaluating like it's a war they have to decide who lives and yeah. who dies we, we can't have yeah. that it, it, it's overwhelming like our healthcare system is not no healthcare system is is designed for that kind of influx all at once right because it doesn't make sense because it doesn't happen all the time, right? It's a waste of resources to be prepared for something like this 24-7. Really unfortunate. And, and that's to put it extremely lightly. And, I, and I, look, the best advice I can give, like I know we sort of like made fun of like, this should be common sense. Like definitely keep up with the hygiene, wash your hands. Like again, I'm not saying panic, but I am saying be prepared for something. Like, be prepared for things mm-hmm. going down. Like, today I said to my wife, I said, look, like, we need to stock up on groceries, not hoard groceries. Like, don't get every single thing of waffles that the store has. Like, get a couple boxes of waffles so we have them in the event that in a couple days' times, because things are so fluid right now. Two days yeah. ago, two days ago, if I would have said to you, hey, the NBA season's going to be canceled. I'm sure people would have been like, dude, you are crazy. You are fear mongering. You mm-hmm. are you are paranoid. And here we are. So like it that logic moving. You would have been you would have been like the conspiracy theorist guy I saw on Twitter who was like, I predicted this would happen and he had tweeted a few days ago that they were gonna find a way to cancel the season because they knew the Lakers were gonna win. Oh stop. No. <laughs> I right. <laughs> so I replied to him like you're joke you're not serious with this, right? He hasn't replied to me, so that leads I, me to believe he was indeed serious. Oh, jeez, no, <laughs> no, no! Like, but it, like, yeah, it, it was. It, it everything moved so so quickly. Yeah, and and um, that, I said fourth world like twenty four hours ago, everything was on. Yes, yes. If probably twenty four hours ago was about when we were finding out about the NBA that yeah. Rudy Gobert had tested positive. 
Yeah. Before that, everybody was like, yeah, they were talking about playing without Brown. fans, but yeah. that was the extent of it. Right. And, you know, that's why I said to my wife, I said, like, we need to brace ourselves for the mm -hmm. unlikely event. And the, and the key word there is unlikely. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Unlikely event that this country could be shut down for two weeks. And, and I'm tell you, saying America. Could happen in Canada, too. I don't know. Like, it, it, everything right now, to me, is on the table. Does that mean we need to hoard up food and, like, keep it away, locked away in a bunker? No, no, I'm not saying that. Just be like, in the event that your country, my country says, hey, two weeks, we're gonna, we're gonna lock it down, like, to, to flatten the curve here. You don't want to just rush to the store in that. You want to have things available yeah. to you right now. So, like, don't hoard up on hand sanitizers. Don't hoard up on Lysol. Just get what you need that you think you can get through this. Because if you do that, then it's available to everybody else that literally might need it. Like, that, that is my best yeah. advice. Yeah. But, all right. So, when it comes to the NBA, like, ev to me, everything's on the table. I still anticipate doing some sort of content <laughs> on a weekly basis, I guess. I, I don't know what's going on with yeah, hardcore honeys. Are you guys That's doing? what most of my day was spent when we were brainstorming, like, what the heck are we going to write about? Right, right. Because what are we going to write about? So we've got a few, we've got a few things that we have a few ongoing series that are not related necessarily to the games that are happening. So, like, I started a series a couple of weeks ago called What's in a Name, which is about player nicknames. Okay. So, discussing the nicknames and how they got them and why they're apt. So, we've had a couple episodes of that. We had The first one was on Steph Curry, um, and then somebody wrote one on the Bad Boys nicknames, which was fun. So, I'm like, those are good for, like, there are thousands of nicknames. Yeah. Those are good for days. Um, another thing our company is doing is we're doing like a collab podcast. I have to record something for it where, um, whoever wants to is recording like one or two minutes of what are we going to do without sports? Mm. Because we are sports, everything, right? right? And my, the hats that I wear go beyond the basketball department. So, cause I'm involved with editing and editing and personnel, like, everybody that I work with is feeling it. So right. we're going to do a little something like that to try and fill the time. But like, dang, 30 days is a long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I started, when I started writing, I started writing uh, about basketball July of last year. Oof. So like just after free agency and it is, it is dry that last, yeah. <laughs> that last month before. So, and now we're at the beginning of, uh, in the middle of the season, the tail end of the season, and I'm thinking, oh, geez, because for me by October, I'm I'm getting basketball withdrawal like pretty badly. Like, right. there's nothing left on TV I want to catch up on. I've binged everything over the summer. Netflix, there's nothing new left because I've been through everything. Yep. And that's after I've had the extra high injection of getting to watch playoffs for weeks. <laughs> So now it's like, okay, I've had no playoffs and there's going to be no basketball for at least 30 days. Holy Crazy. crap. <laughs> what am I going to do with myself? Well, first, let me congratulate you on the, on the speed in which you, you rose up in the rank. That is, that is nothing to, to scoff at. So a job well done. Um, Thank you. Of course. Um, I, look, it, it, 
we're hoping also to have some fun things. I, I've tossed out ideas to people. Obviously, you're more than welcome to hop on these two. I was thinking about like maybe revisiting the finals that last game last year or the shot and do like a watch along with it. And like, yeah. you know, if people are stuck at oh. home, you can just like press play at the same time and we can discuss the game for two hours if you want. Like, I, I don't care. It does whatever you guys want to do. Uh Something like that. I have an idea for one I would like to do with you. Sure, one of that? my favorite articles that I wrote was um, kind of the path that the Raptors started on from the moment Masai uh, Jerry was hired. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of really interesting decisions in there that I don't think people have stopped to think about. Um that had he not done this thing that seems kind of counterintuitive, this wouldn't have happened, and this wouldn't have happened, and this right. wouldn't have happened. Right. So if you want to do that, I'm totally down. Let's do it. Let's just do it, because like we're going to have 30 days of, uh, <laughs> of free content. And like, like, like I said, who knows what the situation is going to be for both of us in, in three days' time. We might have literally two weeks at our disposal at our house because we have nothing yep. else to do. Like it, This is what I'm saying. So uh, obviously I'm down for anything we can do like maybe a Raptors uh, Mount Rushmore and discuss that like there are certainly plenty of things yeah. to talk about so I there's don't want lots. there's in terms of like the South to Six podcasts as far as I know in terms of the immediacy of everything it's not going anywhere I'll try my best to get creative just bear with me I'm sure it's going to be the same thing for you Jade so um look yeah. I, I'm I'm so happy and I thank you for being able to do this on a short notice. Like you said at the beginning, we were going to do this Sunday. Obviously, with the, the breaking news, we had to do this tonight. Um, so, yep. you know, this is, this is your time to shine. If you want to promote anything and everything you, want, you got going on, I, I know you sort of touched on it, but if you want to get more specific where people can find you on Twitter, where people can subscribe to the podcast, please, the floor is yours. Yeah, absolutely. So my personal Twitter is Auxiliary Things. Um, that is a Raptors reference. If you get it, kudos. Do you, do you know what the reference is? I don't get it, no. Okay, so after one of the finals games, uh, that Freddie went off. Uh-huh. The officiating was garbage. And so he referred to the officiating, the poor officiating, as auxiliary things that they had to deal with so he didn't get fined. Wow. <laughs> so... That's where I got my Twitter handle from. That's perfect. Like I said, my job covers the whole NBA, but I am Raptors through and through. There you go. Um, I have a podcast called Hardcore Honeys um, at HC Honeys, H-U-N-N-I-E-S. That is me and um, the WNBA department head for Belly Up Sports. And we decided we were going to do a podcast where the women talk sports. And the guy did the moderating. So we have our moderator, Taylor, who does an excellent job keeping the conversation going. Uh, very free-flowing. Free my, my snarky side comes out a lot in that one. So nice. if you like sarcasm and snark and that kind of stuff, we have a lot of fun, lots of laughs. Um, and then Belly Up Sports. Uh, we have our basketball, WNBA, lots of college content. And then anything you could possibly want as far as sports, we cover it. Wrestling, racing, um, XFL, NFL, it's all there. And we just recently launched a fantasy and gambling site. So I am in, it's completely derailed now, but we started developing a uh, weekly fantasy basketball game 
that we hope to roll out to the public next year. We're testing it within the company. So that's uh, bellyupfantasy.com and bellyupsports.com. All the links to everything Jay just mentioned will be in the description of the show. You are one tap away. Um, highly encourage uh, subscribing to the podcast. Leave a five-star review there, please. It helps uh, you know, broaden the horizons and it helps it make more accessible to those that are looking for it. Not just Raptors content, but NBA content. Because as you mentioned, you've pretty much covered the whole scope of the NBA on that show. Um, visit Belly Up Sports. I did, you know, my buddy Matt writes for the, you guys and uh, he's a good dude and he's constant, constantly in communication with me and it's it's very yeah. much appreciated and uh, uh, you got a, a lot of talented people there so, so please visit that website. Like I said, it will be a, uh, a tap away and of course, follow Jade on Twitter. It's, uh, it, it, you are, it's, it's, can I can I put this out there just to put it out there in terms of a comedic relief? You are sort of a macaw defender. Am I wrong there? Um, maybe <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I very much, I very much take uh, Peter's yes. point of view. It's <laughs> like, really, what do you want from the guy? He's like the tenth or eleventh option off the bench. Like, what do you want? I understand. And uh, look, if if anything, if anything, right now, Patrick McCaw gets to get a break. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> give the dude a break. This is this this what we're dealing with. Not Patrick McCaw's fault, and I'm sure <laughs> sure is very thankful Don't for that. Don't No, not at all. All right, well, Jay, thank you for hopping on. I'm sure we'll do this again, especially once things get ramped back up. But uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.